this week's episode of Latchkey Movies, the podcast where we take a critical look at the movies your kids are watching without your supervision. Today, we are going to talk about the 2004 film, The Incredibles. I'm Sarah, and I am the mom of a four-year-old boy. And I am Briar, and I am the mom of a 17-year-old girl, an 8-year-old boy, and a 2-year-old boy. And this one, I really like this movie. Okay, so you're supposed to be doing the introduction here. Oh, I am? Yes, you are, because I know nothing about the movie introductions. Like, I look at them, it's a pretty castle. That's Oh, okay. Do you even know, so the castle... The original Disney castle, is that the Florida Sleeping Beauty castle? Do you know? Mm -hmm. I'm assuming you know this. I know. Okay, so I can't say, like, what it was when, uh, like, Snow White was made, but currently it's Cinderella's castle, which is Disney World, which is Florida. Um, It's a bigger castle. And one easy way to remember is Sleeping Beauty Castle is pink so the disney castle in the intro is usually gray and blue it is gray and blue okay (laughs) and so that's cinderella castle you guys just think about it think about cinderella think about sleeping beauty i guess sleeping beauty (laughs) was in pink a lot okay i know controversial i don't like when sleeping beauty is in pink i prefer her in blue she was much better in blue (laughs) But that's another conversation for another day. <laughs> so this movie introduction is a CGI version of the Disney logo. Which and it's I... also a Pixar film? Yes. No. So do they? Yes. The, yes, it is the Pixar, so it's got the bouncing lamp. So they don't still do that CGI version of the castle anymore for Pixar Disney movies, do they? I've never well, seen it again. They did it for The Incredibles 2. Oh, they do? But it was, it's not the same castle, mm-hmm. no. It was the, I guess, Incredibles castle. I mean, because it's oh, very right, red and like, yeah. Oh, okay. So this is just like a CGI version of Of the original cast- castle. And yeah, they used it, it seems to me... With the, we'll have to look into that because mm-hmm. I think that they used the CGI castle with the Pixar movies before the merger, but I, that doesn't make sense to me because the merger would I would have assumed I, I don't know. It's two years after this, I believe. So this was two thousand four, and I think it happened in two thousand six. Um, but if there's somebody out there that knows this whole story feel free to give us a call on our phone number which is 402-885-4875 and let us know you can send us an email at latchkeymovies at gmail you can comment on any us of on our social, social media. media let us Re- know what we've got wrong here because we we don't know well, and, and I feel like it's movie one of those production things. houses are so weird. Like there's just so right. many layers of things. So it's even like I still don't understand. And then this movie is like executive produced by John Lasseter, but I know like a producer like really is just the money guy. I think in a movie, right? So I don't know how I feel about that, but I feel like he really didn't have much to do with oh. this one. Well, except in the way that he was involved with all of Pixar's films and now is involved. Where did he, where did they hire him? It's DreamWorks that he's at now. Oh, is he? Like still, Uh, even now? Like after? No, there was, we'll link this in the show notes too. (laughs) Emma Thompson just quit a movie Mm -hmm. that he was, that he is now producing which because, we talk about a little bit in the Beauty and the Beast episode. Right. Because so. she's standing up for the women who can't mm-hmm. not work with him. Yeah. I don't know. It's... Yeah. But I... Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like that's DreamWorks. So, we'll take a look at that and link it all. And this movie has a gigantic cast. So, let's... 
I don't know. Let's go through some of our favorites here at the beginning. Let's start, obviously, with John Ratzenberger, who always makes a Pixar appearance. Here, it's at the very end, is the Underminer. I love the Underminer. I do, too. <laughs> I do, the too. the Underminer. So great. You've always been above me, but now no one will be above me or something like that, right? It's great. It's, it's been, a great line. Yeah, it's great. And then we have Craig T. Nelson as Mr. Incredible. And he does such a good job. It's so great. And Holly Hunter as Elastigirl. Uh, Sarah Vowell as Violet Parr. And the only she, other thing I know her from is This American Life. Right. And she's basically, that's what she does. I know, like on Wikipedia, she's listed as an American historian. Not like voice actor, not actor, not, you know, whatever. She's listed as American historian. And Spencer Fox as Dash, and he also has, like, a fairly unremarkable voice career. I couldn't find a whole lot of other work for him either. Mm -hmm. Just this role. So, and then we have Jason Lee, of course, as Syndrome. And I just, I've always loved Jason Lee, probably since Dogma. But really, that's that's when my love for Jason <laughs> Lee is born. But, well, what? Jason Lee is a Scientologist. Is he? He is. Why did you have to ruin that for me? <laughs> Just continue to ruin everything for everyone. God damn it. <laughs> it's just... They're all insane. I've kind of come to terms oh, with well, that. Oh, well, apparently, I just Googled him, and he left the church in 2016. Oh, well, so he's then, redeemed. He so redeemed. he's fine. He's yeah. he's joined the Leah. Well, maybe that's why we never see him anymore. That's because what I was he's just joined say. the Leah yeah. Remini cult of ex Scientologists who can't be hired. Because I was definitely going to comment on and say, what has he been up to after like my name is Earl? And so I looked him up on IMDb, and he was in the Chipmunk movie. So, there's that. Well, there's that. He's doing some voice acting in a show called We Bear Bears. I don't oh, know I know that. that. It's a it's okay. a Netflix show. A little show. older, like older yeah. kids. Okay. Yeah. Um, but mostly a bunch of nothing. So, well, I'm sure Kevin Smith will hire him. And but... yes, he's going to be in the Jay and Silent Bob reboot. Because, of course, well, you can't have Jay and Silent that? Bob without Brody. Or, you know, a Kevin Smith movie. <laughs> so, but, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe there is something hinky going on there. Wow. Okay. And then, I think we still like Sam Jackson. Right? Right? He I don't know. Done, like, I, I'm, afraid to, I'm afraid to even I know. say. Like, let's, maybe we should just stop commenting on it. <laughs> just move along. I just, I, I don't even know. Like, every time I watch a movie, it is so fraught now with who are these guys? And it's always the guys. Let's be real. It's always the guys. Who are these guys? Although, to be fair and not sexist, Allison Mack from Nexium was right. just today, in fact convicted so it's not it's just the guys being right. crazy okay so let's start at the top here we've got the superhero interview panel which is so fun and they're at the top of their game and they're getting ready to we're getting ready to get married here with Mr. Incredible and Alaska. Oh, you don't Girl. know that right away. Oh, of course. We don't know that. that they're getting married. It's a surprise. And in the beginning, Mr. Incredible, on his way to the wedding, saves the dude who is trying to commit suicide. Let's just talk about the fact that this is a Disney movie that opens with an attempted suicide. And let's be honest, as much I do love this movie, but mm -hmm. 
it's very violent. Relatively right. speaking, right. we'll we'll talk about it on several places, but this movie is pretty violent. And yes, it starts with an attempted suicide. And the guy so, said he doesn't want to be saved. And so yeah. he sues the government and the superheroes. And now there's the superhero relocation program. Could you see that happening in real life? Because I could absolutely, oh God, absolutely see that happening in real absolutely. life. Absolutely. And I should say that this is the first Pixar film to be rated PG. And it was rated PG for action slash violence. So I see why. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. it's there, you know. It definitely is. It's not a stretch at all. Oh, but I also want to say that that intro where they're showing, like, all the clips and stuff mm-hmm. of the crime fighters and then, like, the um, the relocation program and all of that, it's very much The Watchmen. Like, it's very similar. Have you ever seen The Watchmen? Uh, I'll, I'll admit that that one was not one of my comic books, so it's been on. I've seen parts of it, but I have not actually sat down to watch The Watchmen. Mm-hmm. Who watches The Watchmen? I don't know. My <laughs> I husband wonder what... did. It's a good movie. I mean, very yeah, different from this. It. Very different, but very similar. Um, so, you know, there's that. Uh, it's a 2009 movie, so maybe The Watchmen is actually referencing The Incredibles. There's a lot of weird <laughs> superhero tie-ins. You just never know. Well, along those lines, the Fantastic Four movie from around that same time, 2005, they had to make significant script changes because the final fight scene in The Incredibles and the technology they used for the stretching of uh, Elastigirl... <laughs> Right. Was I I'm a, from the article I read, it appears as though this movie was doing a better job of CGIing uh, a person stretching than the Fantastic Four movie was doing with Mr. Fantastic. Well, to be fair, we were talking about an animated person versus an <laughs> real person with, you know, bunny rabbit ears, real person <laughs> CGI. But st- still, the tech of the time was yeah. St- dubious so but that is interesting because they if the final scene in fantastic four where they're you know doing the whole thing yeah i can see how they would have had to make significant changes right (laughs) okay so now we are 15 years later bob and helen parr such mundane names. Mm-hmm. Yep. Are living with Violet Dash and Jack Jack in Metroville. I love like <laughs> made up superhero names. Made up for superhero towns. town yeah. names. They're just <laughs> the best. Metroville. And Bob is an insurance salesman. Poor Bob. So I. I, so the entire scene with Bob speaking with the old lady and like telling her, I can't tell you to go down and do this. And I can't tell you to talk to this person. And I can't tell you to fill out this form. Um, I actually used to work in insurance. And this entire Bob at work is, is not any kind of an exaggeration. That is literally <laughs> what it's like. It's a drab office building. Everybody's miserable. You can never, like, I never felt like I was telling anybody good news. Like, I just, it was the worst job I've ever had in my life. So you I know, feel bad. It's quite, it, and it, it's got to be, it's got to be a come down, right? From right. superheroing oh, to insurance. Insurance. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. A good choice on the writer's part for that one. Yeah, that that was, that was really great. You know, and his kids, Dash, I, I got to admit, the scene with Dash pranking his teacher, mm-hmm. I love it on so many levels. It's just like, it's such a little boy thing to do. Yes. <laughs> but I feel so bad for that teacher because nobody believes him. Nobody and believes so, him. like, he's 
probably thinks he's going crazy. Like, I love him pointing it on the video, like, there. And they're like, what? We don't see anything. I, I feel bad for the teacher. Not yes. as bad as I feel for Bob, but I feel bad. Everybody stuck in the dead-end jobs of their lives, right? So, we have Lucius coming over, Frozone, to go bowling, which is actually to go and listen to the police scanner and tell each other stories of saving the world. Like, it's, 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 it's what bowling actually is for most people, really. Just, they, they go with the ball, but it's still reliving the glory days. No, isn't that what bowlingly kind of is? Like, this yeah, is what I, I was so. like in high school. I just, I don't know. I could, I could be being unfair to the bowlers of the world. I've never been in a bowling league, but that is in my imagination exactly what happens. My husband bowls a lot and well, and he's never been in a bowling league. So, like, really? there's, yeah. So, there's some kind of weird disconnect between hmm. bowlers and bowling. I can't. But when I think of bowling leagues, what I think of is the scene from. The Big Lebowski? Lebowski. <laughs> so it, it's, that is the movie it, you think it, of. It is. John Goodman. <laughs> or Kingpin. With the, or, or Kingpin is also. <laughs> but that is not what they're doing in this no, movie. That is, they don't even they go don't to even a bowling alley. They don't even go to the bowling alley. alley. They just go and relive the glory days. So he, so they go and fight this or save people in the fire. And then Bob goes home and Helen yells at him for being a superhero again. One of the things I do like about this movie a lot is that husband and wife relationship. There are so many places where they're arguing where it just kills me because I'm like, that is exactly the fight I'd have been having yeah. too. That's exactly yep. the fight I'd have been having too. Yeah, I had the exact same reaction to these things. Like, I, I think they did a really good job in that, you know, the husband-wife dynamic and, like, the family and dynamic. And the family dynamic, too. Yeah, definitely. So, Helen yells. They go to bed. Bob wakes up and goes back to his crappy job in the morning. And we wanted to highlight this one because this is where he beats the crap out of his boss. And that is exactly what he does here he throws his boss a human through at least four walls and into a filing cabinet and the man ends up in traction and it's animated so we kind of glaze over how this is a bit but this is a big deal mm -hmm. this is a superhero committing violence against a uh, normie a muggle? What do we want to call him here? A muggle here? I, yeah, I don't know. And we don't ever really, like, there's no punishment for Bob for this, other than, I guess, losing his job, which... I would expect. Yeah, and... How Helen doesn't recognize that he's lost his job here, I, I, mm -hmm. I don't know. Maybe he never tells her about throwing the boss through the wall, which is another... I have to imagine, because otherwise, how could she possibly believe that he is getting this promotion? This promotion, and, and the has to vacations, and... and right? Hey, I threw my boss through a wall, but they're promoting me. But they're me. promoting me. Everybody hated that guy. <laughs> <laughs> So Bob gets the message from Mirage, and she tells him to go to the isle, island of Nomanisan, I love that too, just, and kill the Omnidroid, because we obviously have to have such fantastic made-up names. Mm -hmm. So Mr. Incredible pulls out his old super suit. 
and stuffs his beer gut into it. Watching him get out of the pod with his shirt mm-hmm. riding up is just yeah so great. His muffin top. Yes. <laughs> so he battles the droid and then tricks it into killing itself, essentially. And I have read a number of reviews of The Incredibles 2, which seem to indicate that they find these movies, not this movie at the time, mind you, but have found it in the intervening 10 years to be anti-technology, which I thought was really interesting because I, I can't see it. Like No, I don't see it either. I mean, I feel like the superheroes, the soups, uh, take advantage of technology too. Like, how would they have their super suits without Edna Mode and whatever technology she's using well, to make and in, them do the same things that they're doing? And, and in the second his, movie, the Incredibile is clearly... Well, yeah, and that's the other thing I was going to mention. And his car in the beginning, too, uh, for this, like... Oh, he does weirdly... have the... He has the Incredibile in the beginning of this movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I just don't. I don't. I don't see it being anti-technology, and I I watched I it really hard through that mm-hmm. lens because that's the critique. There was a lot of there were a lot of critiques of The Incredibles two as being very authoritarian. We'll we'll mm-hmm. have to watch when we get to that. Yeah. Movie, watch it for that. But the critique of it being authoritarian was in conjunction with this movie being anti-technology. And I just... just really don't see I don't. It. I just... Because I feel like there are so many instances of the soups using technology to their own advantage. Like, like uh, Frozone um, at the end in the big battle. Mm-hmm. He, like, somehow ends up with a metallic surfboard thing. Oh, and that's that, got like, comes be, out of his suit right, somehow. That's, that's, that's some his, kind of technology. Right. right, that's not him. He's not no. creating that with his powers. So, I, I mean, like, and so after you had mentioned that, as I was watching it, I was like, well, no, there's technology, and there's technology, and there be, it's equally being used. I don't know. Okay. It doesn't hold water. Well, let's, good, <laughs> good. What do those reviewers know? Who I knows? mean, come on, writing for the New York Times? Okay. Ah. I have a podcast. Well, and to be fair, they haven't watched it 58 times, right? They watch it the once. They watch it the once. They review it. You and I have been watching this movie for two weeks now. (laughs) And my kids just go with that. I'll I'll be like, okay, this is the movie for the next podcast. And they're like, oh, so this is what we're watching for the next two weeks. And it's fine. It's fine. I need to get my kid to be fine with that. Well, sorry. Minor, minor, either old enough to understand or too young to care. Yours right. is in that golden window of, it's my TV, mommy. Yes, and I have an opinion. Oh, yes. And I have free will. <laughs> and I will exercise it at every exactly. opportunity. Thank you very much. <laughs> So, Mr. Incredible now has this job, I guess, with Mirage, and so he goes and he trains with the trains. I do, I like that scene where he's <laughs> weightlifting yeah. the trains, right? I mean, what else does a guy with super strength do? I guess you lift trains, kick them around a little bit, I, I, who knows? So he finds a tear from the Omnidroid in his old blue skinny super suit. <laughs> so he takes it to Edna. And he does lose weight. He that does sequence, lose weight. Though. Though. Yeah. He becomes trimmer. He becomes more triangular, less. I suspect the old super suit would probably fit him fine after the yeah. workout. Because he's a man, and men lose weight like that. (laughs) 
by lifting trains. By lifting trains. Easy peasy. How does mine just loses weight by cutting out soda? Yes, I know. Do you remember that old commercial? It was for like a weight loss drug or something, and it was like two cartoon characters, a woman and a man, and they're talking about losing weight, and she's like, and he cut out soda and lost 20 pounds in two weeks. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's life. Yep. (laughs) So Edna decides to make them all new suits, makes the whole family suits, and then... Helen, I don't, I don't think we mentioned that Edna Mode is voiced by Brad Bird. No, we didn't talk. The so, writer slash director of this movie. Let's talk about Brad for a minute because not just this movie either. He also wrote and directed The Iron Giant. Right, and so that was with Warner Brothers. Right, um, it was it bombed. It's become like one of those movies no, that has it, like a, it, a cult song. It, it didn't. Okay, it did bomb. It didn't. I, I love, 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 love. Yeah, I do too. The Iron it's Giant. such a great it's movie. It's such a great movie. And my kids love it. And the voicing, yeah. the story, we'll get to that one at some point in time, I'm sure. Yeah, because it's, it's a great movie. It really is a great movie. But I don't think movie. it was, it was not a box office success. No. So this, from the way I understand it, um, this movie is almost him re- um, visiting the whole idea of like the superhero genre like obviously you know he did what he wanted to with the iron giant but this is him kind of like continuing what he wanted to storytell in that type of a situation which 2004 when did iron man come out it's 2008 that iron man came out so this actually preceded that whole renaissance. Yeah, the superhero. Yeah. yeah. Because prior to that, comic book movies were hit or miss. I mean, Batman was obviously they were Batman. Like Fantastic Four 2005, which is the Green Lantern. Um, but we hadn't yet seen the superhero renaissance when this movie came right. out. So that was still maybe coming. maybe we can say that this movie is at least in part responsible for it. I think it can be bunched in with the group of movies that made it happen. Right? Like certainly it got the new generation involved in a way that I mean right. cuz my daughter who is 17, grew up on this movie. So her Mm -hmm. generation grew up with the superheroes. In a way, we had princess movies. She's always had superheroes. So... Right. Yeah, I mean, I'm just kind of skimming through, like, older superhero movies. And, like, in the 90s, you had Ninja Turtles... uh, well, I guess maybe this is more a list of movies based on comic, comic books. books. So, like, RoboCop, to Ninja Turtles. Yeah. Uh, and there's not a whole lot of uh, noteworthy things here. <laughs> not really until you hit the 2000s. And... I would say Hellboy came out in 2004 as well. Okay. So that's a big one. So that's one. a big one. The Crow. Um, yeah. It seems like this was at least the beginning of that avalanche. Early days. All right. Well, we'll, we'll hold it at least partially responsible for it then. I'm glad. I'll put it there. Yeah. I'll put it there. Because. Okay. So, we go back, I guess, to Nomanasan for the new Omnidroid fight, where we finally meet Syndrome, or Buddy. Buddy really is kind of appropriate. It was a good name for him. It, yeah, it's such a, it was like almost 1950s, like, we'll say it's like alternate 1950s, 1960s. I think that's what it's Buddy supposed to be. Buddy is such a be. good name. Yeah. Yeah. Alternate reality. And 
So they're having that whole little fight there, and Buddy says, You sly dog, you had me monologuing. It's such a good line. Yes, I know. I love it. I love it. <laughs> because it's they such really a, like, do. Super villain trope. Right. They really acknowledge all of the tropes of superhero mm-hmm. movies in this mm-hmm. film. I think, which is one of the reasons I liked it so much, is just they really. Yeah, you had me monologuing. <laughs> so, Syndrome decides to send the Omnidroid to Metroville, where he's going to go save the city and become a hero. And he takes Bob prisoner. And so, Helen... How does Helen figure out that he's late? Does he not call? Why does she go to see Edna? Is she in his office? Oh, that's right. And she sees the tear. Yeah. But he's not actually missing yet. Her, she just mm-hmm. has good, I guess, spidey sense, we'll call mm-hmm. it, to, to borrow from another superhero movie. Good spidey sense. So she sees the tear, and she calls Edna, and she goes over to Edna's house, where Edna shows her all of the new super suits that she has made, and also the beacon, because that's what every mom needs, is a push-button stalker tracker, right? It's embedded it in all yeah. of the suits. Here! Mrs. Weasley's clock. Right, that's what I was going to say. It reminds me of Mrs. Weasley's clock. Don't we all wish we had that? Yes. I wish I had. Yes. At any point, I mean, now to be fair, I can figure out where my husband is using his iPhone. So, (laughs) and... So we're there. So we're there. We're there. The future is now. If, well, and they make watches for, I have looked at these actually... My daughter is too old to have needed one, but boy, I wish that I had had one when she was at the runner stage, because, yes, when she was yeah. five and six and seven, you'd look up and she could be halfway down the block. Yeah. So they make little watches now with trackers for those special needs kids who can't be trusted to stay indoors. So, Helen pushes the button, and that is, I guess, how Incredible, Mr. Incredible gets trapped, and that's when they capture him, and that's when he can't kill Mirage, and she decides to switch sides. Right, because he can't kill her, and Buddy has no regard for her safety. It's difficult to tell, but I think that they are actually in a relationship. That's my read of it. There's there's a moment where they're in a control room and Buddy puts his hand on her shoulder that read more familiar than just a boss-employee relationship. Yeah, that was just the assumption I made Mm -hmm. on the situation. So, this is where Mirage releases Mr. Incredible, and Helen shows up. Oh, but we have to get back to Helen getting the plane, and the kids stowing away on the plane. Because the best part, really, is the conversation between Helen and Violet in the cave, after they've hit the island, where... Violet is apologizing for not doing it right, which is such a teenage girl thing. I didn't do it right, Mom. Right. She's like... I just... I loved that whole interaction with the two of them and her... Or even when Dash is part of the conversation as well. Just like the whole interaction with her and her kids in that situation where... She probably, I mean, she feels the weight of the situation. They may not necessarily feel the weight of the situation. And she is trying to express to them what she needs from them without freaking them out. You know, the line to dash about, you know, those cartoons you watch on Saturday morning, these are not those bad guys. 
And I think it's important because they're not those bad guys. No. These are guys, they're, they shoot guns at, at these children. children. At children. Right. At, like, close range. In a children's movie, they right. shoot guns at children. And again... And we have no nothing to believe. Nothing has indicated to us to this point that those are not guns with bullets. Right. Right. If there had been, like, exposition earlier in the film where it was, like, implied that these are more, like, stun guns or whatever. But then, that okay, never... that's a different situation. These look like guns shooting bullets at children. Certainly, bullets. Who are or who are these yeah, guys? Right? Where did they come <laughs> I, from? Where did he? Who are they? So, and how are they? And what is Syndrome doing for him? Them that they are so indoctrinated to his thing. Right. It's always that they're shooting guns at children. It's always <laughs> the super villain henchmen, right? Where right. do the henchmen come from? Like the super villain always gets this glorious backstory of he was the <laughs> repressed buddy, but the henchmen, yeah. man, what Why makes are they? the henchmen henchmen? <laughs> Why are they out for him? What are they doing? Like, what? You want that on your conscience? That you, ch- you shot two children? <laughs> like, what? But what are you doing? What are you getting in compensation for this? A lot of money. That, I mean... That's the only thing I can think of. Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like maybe they should have just been robots. <laughs> that might have been a little, I don't know, better. He built... Just robots shooting lasers. He built the big one. Why couldn't they have had, like, human person, plane droids? Droids, fine. But... Brad Bird, if you're listening to this, please let us know why you chose humans instead of robots for the henchmen. Because the human on human violence in this movie is pretty extreme for a kid's movie. And because it's animated, we get away with it. Mm-hmm. If this was live action, this movie would probably be rated R. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I've never seen any of like the Spy Kids movies or like Shark Girl and whatever boy, Lava Girl and Shark Boy. I don't know. Those are the best thing I have is like a, a comparison? comparison, a live action comparison. I don't know what the level of violence is in those. I can't answer that readily. I have not watched Spy Kids. So it's been on. I don't know. But I am. My, my impulse is to say that even if there was guns, they weren't ever shot at the kids. Yeah. It's an. It's something we'll look into, see what the live action comparison is, obviously, and see. So, we're now all on the island, and Dash and Violet are in the cave, and Helen is going to go save Bob, and she gets there and finds Bob hugging Mirage, which is just like... Of course. Of course. Again, a trope. Like, it... It is... Happens it, it, You're right. <laughs> yeah, of course it does. There's always a pretty girl to be hugged. Right? Right. <laughs> but the fight that they have in the hall is... And I don't think you're striking the proper tone here. Like, Because <laughs> he's just so happy to have them yes. back. To know that they're okay. And she's just angry. And she's just mad. She just, well, I mean, she well, is on no Rightfully so. Saving with his life. Right, with her kids in a cave. I, I think Helen has the right to be a little peeved, frankly. Yeah. So they're going to, I guess, get back to the kids when Dash and Violet are discovered and then chased by these human guards. Well, because they have to leave the cave because the rocket's going off. Oh, right, because the rocket goes off. through the cave. And then they wake up in the morning and the bird, the identification, please, bird. Yes. See, so mm-hmm. there's robots elsewhere. 
Why did Why we need the, henchmen? Yeah. We didn't need henchmen, is all we're saying. Radbird, let us know. You reach out to us on one of our social medias. <laughs> reach out to us on the social medias. On the social medias, right, because we're old. <laughs> on the social medias. <laughs> so, and there's a couple moments. So, when there's the guy who's shooting at Violet in the water... Mm-hmm. But there's also he was the most ruthless. I, I think of them, so. I feel like because he and he called names too. I feel like that's an important thing to address. Mm-hmm. He he he's name calling here. Dash's guards who he kills a lot of them. Like there's the one that runs into the wall. There's the mm-hmm. two that run into each other, and that happens twice, doesn't it? Because those vehicles are not suited for jungle right. chases. What? you A jungle island. And your your guards are flying around in like... Spinny! Really like, large... What? Like flying... I don't know whackers? what they are, but really, they're, they are. They're like flying weed whackers. And everybody deserves to In a to jungle. Die. Right. Like, at some point, you're just like, well, you really deserved to die. I mean... <laughs> But I think it's supposed to be evocative of the uh, Star Wars scene oh, it on Indoor, is. where there definitely yeah. is. Yeah, that's like I I would not be surprised if there were shot for shot like oh yeah comparisons. You know, the only difference was, was the vehicles. Yeah, <laughs> right. So then, after all of it, the killing happens because there's, I mean, actual the the henchmen die. None of the superheroes do, but the henchmen do. So we get back to the Incredibles, and then they're taken prisoner again, and Mirage releases all of them, and then they go after the Omnidroid. And they're coming into the city as right around the time that the Omnidroid lands. And so the Omnidroid is bouncing around and Frozone has to leave the party. <laughs> Be- I don't know how many times in my house we've said, Honey, where is my super suit? <laughs> <laughs> I put it away. <laughs> Why do you need to know? I love that scene. I love their sass. Because I need it. No, you need to be here for this part. And then just the best line. I am your wife. I am the greatest good you're ever going to get. Just, yes. Best line in the movie. So Frozone, I guess... So he he is still married to Honey in the second movie. So I guess she forgave him for leaving the party. <laughs> well, he saved the world. He did save the world a couple of times. A couple of times. But I assume we've never actually met Honey in either of the films, but I assume that she is a muggle. She there's no evidence ever that she is a super that she is in fact just a normal human that he's married who doesn't have powers. So I think that's a really interesting relationship and I kind of wish that we got more honey. More? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so then they fight the Omnidroid and save the world and blah 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 and they're going home. Oh because of the whole, the phone calls from yes. the babysitter about Jack-Jack. Jack-Jack. So that, there's the short Jack-Jack attack, right? And is that, that's her with him while they're gone, I'm pretty sure. Right, Kari, that's Kari with him while they're yeah. on No Man Sand. Yeah. Yeah, okay. And all of his, so he develops his powers. We learn in the second movie, he's got more than usual. <laughs> but yeah, he's got, he's got quite the set here of superpowers. Which I like when uh, 
when Syndrome has him and he turns into lead. Lead. <laughs> it drops. <laughs> That one was the best. That is one smart baby. Right? <laughs> my my baby, who is two, loves these movies. And I think it is because he sees his family in them. Because there's yeah. him, and then there's the middle boy, and then there's the older girl, and his parents. And so he, he loves these movies. And when... <laughs> When Jack-Jack gets his powers, he will stand up on the couch and just start clapping. It is the cutest thing. Because he's self-inserting himself yes. to Jack-Jack. Yes, I think that he is. It starts that early. It does start that early. We have pants for babies. <laughs> okay, so then we go back to the house... And Syndrome is got Jack-Jack, and he takes him up to the plane, and we have that whole Syndrome getting sucked into the jet turbine with his cape. Because no capes. Because no capes. Edna was very clear, no capes. So she obviously did not design his outfit. No, he probably got Galbaki or something. <laughs> But it's another it's another fairly visible death. Like yeah, yep. There is no question here that he's gotten. I mean, at I don't know. I don't know. At four years old, if you're making the extrapolation that getting sucked into a jet turbine means ter being turned into syndrome goo, but at yeah. eight, you certainly are making it's that obvious. connection. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I don't know. I mean, we're just starting to have those conversations about, like, death being permanent uh -huh. and, like, what that means. And it's really just a fun world over here these days. <laughs> you know, and for us, because of the death of our third child, we've always had to... Sure. My son was four when that happened yeah. and so it's always been very much a part of his life and the conversation right. he's probably more death focused no not really because all little boys are just death focused well, but he he certainly has more questions than i think sure a lot of kids and i, do. I mean i think i don't want it's not that you want to keep that out of, like, their sphere. You know, you want them to, right. like, learn about it. But I don't know... I mean, learning about it through a movie like Coco or, you know, Daniel Tiger and the way they address it in those is more, I think, suited towards kids right. than, like, having superheroes get sucked, sucked into, into a jet like, engine. Yeah, jet engine. <laughs> If I had to choose the way my kid found out about death, it wouldn't be that way. No. You know, and there's so much about this movie that I really do like that it's hard to reconcile how I feel about the excess violence, but I do feel that it's excessive. You know, I wish, I wish that it wasn't as bad, and I don't understand why that's necessary in a kids movie i don't do you wish that they could go back and turn all of the um guns into walkie talkies <laughs> <laughs> i mean it's happened there's precedent there is precedent <laughs> there is precedent so the movie ends then at the track meet, which is important because it's the beginning of the second movie, basically. And we have Violet meeting her new guy, Tony Reidinger, because she's wearing her hair out of her face now, and she's all confident and, <clears throat> like, cool and stuff. And I just, like... The, I, I like Dash running. Yes, I think, and the family, go faster! No, no, no go, go slower! Come in second! Second, second. that's great! 
It's, what else do you do? I mean, <laughs> well, he can't win. I mean, he, you have to keep up your secret identity. Exactly. He can't win. He can be a <laughs> solid second place runner. Always. There you go. And then the underminer comes and they go and we have the end credits and it's great. So. So one thing that we didn't really get a chance to talk about while we were talking uh, earlier is I and I have this exact same problem if you go back and watch the first Toy Story but the difference in animation between this movie and The Incredibles 2 mm-hmm. is so incredibly jarring like the advances that have happened in what has it been 10 years 14 years so, yeah 14 years 14 years is amazing um it's pretty obvious when you watch this movie that Pixar had not actually mastered human hair or hair at all. There's a couple of scenes where the people just look insane and not like intentionally insane. Because like, they have plastic they're just supposed to have Barbie messy hair. hair. Right. Yeah. Right. And like the difference in the characters is just like it's 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 incredible. It's incredible and how incredible the Incredibles look in Incredibles 2. Right. Faces in particular is where yeah. I think you can really see some of the difference show up. Because there's so much more skin detail and like right. eye shape and like eyelashes even. That just none of this was present in right. 2004 and I agree it's it's jarring to watch especially if you watch them consecutively yeah um I try to think back like I mean obviously this movie looked good to me at the time you know like I don't remember seeing any of these movies and being like oh my god this is terrible animation you know I'm sure it was fine at the time because I mean I can remember (laughs) do you remember when Aladdin came out and the whole the whole cave of right right the cave Cave of of wonder and that sequence was CGI and it was early CGI Mm -hmm. yeah so that and then the ballroom scene in Beauty and the Beast right. were like some of the earliest CGI. And I think those two scenes still hold they up. They do still hold up, but now if you watch them, you can see where the computer-generated images yeah. begin and where the hand-drawn stuff ends. Like, right. there's such there's such a line of demarcation between Mm -hmm. what hand-drawn animation looked like and the CGI at that point in time. So that was the late 90s. This is 2004. We're not that far far. removed. Mm -hmm. You know, technologically, we always feel like we've come so far, and it's because I have an iPhone that has all of the world's information and it lives in my pocket. And I don't have to think about that at all. But Mm -hmm. in terms of animation, I mean, stylistically, even the difference between Wreck-It Ralph and Ralph Wrecks the Internet, and Mm -hmm. we're talking, what, three, four years between the two? Yeah. That's, it's not even a huge gap, but the difference is stunning. Particularly when you look at how Ralph is animated, you look at uh, Vanellope's dress, there's just all kinds of little things that you can really tell how much progress they've made in terms of digital animation. It's really interesting in a movie like um, the newer Toy Story movies where they like show scenes that happened in the first one they have to reanimate right. it because you can't just you plop can't an just old plop scene in the old it would stuff just in. be so awful <laughs> <laughs> i mean to watch it as a full movie you get like it's it's still watchable mm-hmm. for sure but like to go back and forth between the two is it's jarring <laughs> it definitely is but i think that it holds up Uh, You know, even if you're watching them together, because we've done Toy Story marathons and we marathoned this one when it came out. We Mm -hmm. did the first one right before we did the second one. And though you can clearly see the differences, as long as you're in the movie, it's fine. Yeah, definitely. 
Alrighty, so let's wrap this one up. My blubberability scale does not apply to this movie. Although there are, I do, I do always get a little bit teary in the cave scene with Helen and Violet, but that's because I am the mom of a teenage girl and I'm a sap. I don't actually yeah. think this movie is a crier for normal people. <laughs> right. Yeah, I just, there's no, like, purposely orchestrated, like, make you cry. Which is kind of nice, kind of right? It's nice it to nice. watch a kid's movie where I you know at the to. end of it, I'm not going to need a box of Kleenex. Right. I'm not going to be raked raw emotionally <laughs> it's a refreshing change i uh, especially from a pixar film yeah <laughs> okay can you wear this halloween costume we say yes yes you can sure. wear all of these yeah. i mean it's a super suit why not wear a super yeah. suit yeah. there's nothing nothing inappropriate about a super nope. suit at any point in time wear them all in fact i there's no reason why I, I superheroes kind of transcend race and gender i mean i've seen little girls dressed as spider-man for years sure so and dressed as spider-man not spider girl not yeah you know so i think i think you can wear a superhero suit and moms, if you've got junk in the trunk, feel free to dress up as Elastigirl because she <laughs> she's is got it going on in the thick. back, man. <laughs> Dang. I am gonna give this movie a hmm, three and a half. I this is just not a movie that I want to watch multiple times. Um, I will if my son ever decides that this is a movie he wants to watch multiple times. But it's going to be one of the ones that I'm not necessarily going to sit down and pay attention to. This will be a put it on and walk you know, away. Yeah. <laughs> um, and whether or not I want him to watch this movie, I feel like a lot of the issues I have with it maybe go over his head um, with like the violence and things like that. But that's partially because he's not a physical kid. Um, if he was the kind of kid who was going to see something on TV and immediately like reenact it, I, I would probably have more qualms about it. He's more the kind of kid that's going to hear something on TV and repeat it. And this, this movie doesn't really this doesn't pose have any problems for that. a whole lot of problems there, no. All right, I think I'll go... Eh, four out of five for this one because I really I like the family interactions and for my kids that's really because it models our family it's it's so compelling to them but violence aside yeah I'll, I'll turn this one on and I will walk away and I will let them watch it and we'll continue to let them watch it because it's just never going to get old in our house we've already I know a movie is a big hit in our house when we have to buy the DVD. So we actually have these on DVD. <laughs> we had to buy Incredibles 2 right when it came out, which kills me because it's still on Netflix right now. I had to pay money for a disc that nobody uses because it's still on Netflix. Whatever. I'm, I'm cheap. It's fine. It's fine. All right, folks, I think that's all we have today. If you could leave us a review on iTunes, we're still in that new and noteworthy trying to gather peoples. So, like, subscribe and leave us a review. This is what we're after here. Uh, we have not yet received any kid opinions of these movies, and I feel like that's all on you guys. So, like, put up something here. The number is 402-885-4875. Give us a call. Have your kid leave us a 30-second message. I've Theoretically, there should be a voicemail for you there, which has a lovely prompt for your kid and everything 
And we are at Latchkey Movies on Facebook, Twitter. Why are we on Twitter? And Instagram. And you can email us at latchkeymovies at gmail.com. You can find us at latchkeymovies.com. Really, at this point in time, Latchkey Movies, folks. If you think we might be there, we're probably there. And if we're not there, let us know on one of the places we are. Because, whoa. We're missing out on something. I mean, maybe it's the new hotness. I don't know. Uh, We're moms. No. We can't keep up with that stuff. You tell us. All right, fine. No, Snapchat, though. I I draw the line at Snapchat. (laughs) Thank you, everybody, for listening today. See you next week. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.